could Brennan Thompson really transfer to the University of Oklahoma? Our Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are talking Brennan Thompson. Could he really transfer to the University of Oklahoma? Then we're talking about the Texas basketball team. Caden Shedrick and Max Amos were both on campus last week. I feel like I have some really good news for the Texas Longhorns fans regarding the basketball program. And last but not least, the Texas baseball team beat Abilene Christian 20 to zero on Wednesday night ahead of a weekend series that starts tonight against the Oklahoma Sooners. We discuss all of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to get ahead of this before somebody says something in the comments. It's inevitable, right? We have on a Houston Astro sweater. I live in Houston. It's very cold in my house and I love fashion. I love this sweater. I got it on sale at Urban Outfitters. So yes, that is why I am wearing it, right? It's still go Rangers. It's still where the big dogs in the AL West until further notice. Now let's talk about Brendan Thompson and this Texas football team. And the transfer portal has become such a big part of college football the last few years. Really the transfer portal in addition to the one-time transfer rule, right, allowing players to transfer anywhere in Division One and not have to sit out at least one time, and then NIL, right? All of that has become such a staple of college football the last few years, and has changed the way we look at the sport. And I think at the University of Texas, Steve Sarkeesian has done a really good job of navigating through the transfer portal, and like he said on the pivot, which you learn from Nick Saban, is adapt or die, right? It doesn't matter how college coaches feel about the current movement in college football, the transfer portal, the one-time transfer rule in NIL. If you want to be successful in this day and age, you have to adapt or die. And I think Steve Sarkeesian has done a really good job of adapting to the current state of college football. When you look at the players we brought in in the transfer portal compared to the players that have left, and it's going to happen at every school, right? It gives us and take us away. The transfer portal, I think it's been a net positive in terms of what you brought in compared to what you've lost because you were able to bring in Quinn Ewers, who at least will be your two-year starter at quarterback for the University of Texas. You were able to bring in Isaiah Nayor last year, and I know he tore his ACL, but that's somebody that's going to have a big impact on this football team in the locker room and on the field this year, even in the midst of a really talented wide receiver room. When you talk about just the class you brought in this year, you're talking about Trill Alexander, uh, excellent run defender on a top 20 run defense the last two years. Jalen Catalan, a former all-SEC safety at Arkansas. Gavin Holmes, a two-year starter at corner on a really good Wake Forest team the last two years. And then A.D. Mitchell, one of the best wide receivers in the country, right, at the University of Georgia, winning two national championships and having four receiving touchdowns at four college football playoff games, right? So you've brought in a hell of a transfer hall, and it helps you stomach losing players like Hudson Carr, who was really good for you and is now at Purdue, or losing young, talented players that we never really got to see a lot of, right? Troy O'Meary to Arizona State, J.D. Coffey, I'm not sure if he's found a home, and then Brennan Thompson, right? Somebody that ran a 10-2, 10-3 and was one of the fastest players on the team. And we've seen a lot of movement the last few years in the transfer portal. But like I said, it's been a net positive in terms of what Texas has brought in compared to what they've lost. But two things we haven't really seen in terms of the transfer portal, at least yet, right? I guess it's bound to happen at some point, but we haven't seen it yet, 
is a player leaving the University of Texas and transferring within the conference to then play against Texas, right? We haven't seen any examples of that yet that I can think of. I know Byron Vaughn's just ended up at Baylor, but he went to Utah State first, right? And I know Hudson Card, while he was here, when Quinn Ewers came back from injury, there was a lot of smoke about Hudson Card maybe going to Oklahoma State or maybe going to TCU, right? Both of those schools would be very interested in his services, as they should be, right? He was really good as a backup for Texas last year, really kept our season afloat. But he went to Purdue, right? And I think that's a school that a lot of people weren't thinking of. I think a lot of people were thinking Notre Dame or a few Big 12 schools. I even heard U of H mention, right? But there's the story came out either on 24-7 or Inside Texas, I can't remember, that Hudson Card chose to go to Purdue and did not entertain any Big 12 schools because he didn't want to play against the University of Texas, the school he grew up rooting for and played at, right, at the 40 Acres. So we haven't seen any instances of players transferring from the University of Texas, but staying in conference and then playing against Texas. What we definitely have not seen is a player leave the University of Texas and transfer to one of our biggest rivals. Right. We have not seen any player leave and transfer to Texas A&M, thankfully. And we have not up until this point seen any player leave and transfer to the University of Oklahoma. But that could change because. Brennan Thompson, it seems all signs point to him going to the University of Oklahoma. If you go to 24-7 Sports and look up Brennan Thompson, there are two crystal balls in favor of him going to the University of Oklahoma. And both are coming from Oklahoma insiders that work for 24-7 Sports. So obviously they have some intel that makes them confident that Brennan Thompson is at least heavily leaning towards the University of Oklahoma. And... It would make sense from a football standpoint, because as of right now, I know they lost Marvin Mims to the NFL draft. I know they lost Theo Weiss to Missouri. The only wide receiver I can name in that room is Jaquez Pettaway. And that's because he's a true freshman. And the University of Texas was the other school that came down to. Right. So I know he chose Oklahoma over Texas. So he has the opportunity to play more of an opportunity than he would at the University of Texas with our wide receiver room. I also think that it's close enough in proximity to his home. And I think that's a big decision for most college football recruits. And when you look at Brendan Thompson, his mom was very active on Twitter, very active in his recruitment and his college journey. So that would make sense that he would want to stay close to her and she would want him close to her in terms of where he's playing football. So the university of Oklahoma makes sense in that regard, but then it doesn't make sense in the fact that that's one of the biggest rivalries in college football. And we just have not seen a precedent for a player transferring from texas and then going to the university of oklahoma to compete against texas i even thought it was weird but he was a texas legacy so it made sense in the end when colton bassett committed to oklahoma and then decommitted and came to the university of texas but like i said it was a texas legacy so you could just say that he made the wrong decision at first and then got smart and made the right decision at the end and now he's going to be a superstar at the 40 acres but this brendan thompson situation is definitely different and i've seen fans on both sides of it and i think texas fans do a really good job of celebrating players on the way out, right? When they leave in the transfer portal, of course you have, you know, people that hop on Twitter and the first thing they do is say, oh, he wasn't good. He wasn't going to play here. We don't need him. This isn't a loss, right? But for the most part, I see Texas fans get on Twitter or whatever social platform they're on and celebrate players on the way out, right? And they say, you know, best of luck to you forever, Longhorn. I'll root for you wherever you go, right? Not being selfish and rooting for players doing what's best for themselves, even if that means leaving the University of Texas. And so I've seen some people say that to Brendan Thompson, right? And they'll say, I'll root for him in every game but the Red River robbery. And I've also seen some people just flat out come out and say, if he goes to the University of Oklahoma, I'll never root for him again, right? He'll never be a Longhorn again. And I have no interest in rooting for anybody in a University of Oklahoma uniform. I don't know what side I'm on. 
right? I'm obviously very pro players doing what's best for them in terms of trying to get to the NFL. And if he's going to get more playing time at Oklahoma than at Texas, it would make sense for him to go to the University of Oklahoma to get that opportunity. I'm very pro transfer portal. So I would be pro Brennan Thompson doing what's best for him. But I can't say that I don't see what the people on the other side are saying about him leaving the University of Texas and going to Oklahoma. And like I said, this is one of the biggest rivalries in college football. And we don't root for anybody in the AM or Oklahoma jersey. So why would Brennan Thompson be any different? Because he spent one year at the 40 acres? Because he had one catch for 32 yards? So I see that side as well. I really want to challenge you all that's listening, whether it be on audio, to go to YouTube or watching on YouTube to let me know in the comments how you think, right? Because like I said, I'm kind of in the middle. Do you think that Brennan Thompson is out of bounds if he transfers to the University of Oklahoma? And how should Texas fans feel if Brennan Thompson transfers to the University of Oklahoma? Please let me know in the comments. I want to have an extensive dialogue on this. I'm not sure where I am at with it, with my take, but I want to know how Texas fans feel about Brendan Thompson and his potential transferring to one of our biggest rivals, the University of Oklahoma. A quick word from Built Bar, and then we're going to talk about the Texas basketball team. Two transfer targets visited the 40 acres last week, and I think I have some really good news regarding one of them. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. So head to the website, head to Sam's Club, head to Walmart, wherever you need to go to get your Built Bars today. I've said before on this podcast that recruiting is all about perception, right? And I thought that while the University of Texas was on their way to their first Elite Eight, appearance since what what was it their first elite eight appearance since, since 2008 i think 2008 yeah that sounds right their first elite eight appearance since 2008 i thought that we were building up some really good momentum right and the perception around the program would be ronnie terry is a really good coach and players would want to play for ronnie terry whether that would be players on the roster last year that could come back or players in the transfer portal but we haven't seen a great deal of that, right? We've seen five players declare to leave the program to have the opportunity to come back, but we haven't heard anything from them yet. And we have not seen any movement in terms of coming into the University of Texas, right? So all of the perception and the cachet that it felt like Ronnie Terry and this team built up in the last three months of the season has gone away since they removed the interim tag from his job, right? And we've seen targets like Reese Dixon Waters, who Ronnie Terry made a home visit with. He went to San Diego State. We've seen targets like Quincy Olivari, who played against Texas in the Moody Center. I thought that would be the best recruiting pitch ever, right? You saw how crowd the loud got when you made shots, right? <laughs> when you missed shots, right? I thought that would be one of the biggest selling points. But he decides to go to Xavier over the University of Texas. So, you know, recruiting is all about perception. And the perception was bad, right, Re- regarding this Texas basketball team. And a lot of fans were down on Ronnie Terry. There were some fans that 
weren't happy with the hire to begin with. But I think even some fans that were happy with the hire were starting to lose a little bit of faith in Ronnie Terry. Well, the good news is two big transfer portal targets were on campus last week. Caden Shedrick, the big 6'11", big man from the University of Virginia that is in the portal. He was on campus from the 17th through the 19th. Uh, Max Amos was on campus starting on the 19th. I'm not sure how long he was on campus, but he was definitely at the Wednesday night baseball game, which we'll talk about in a minute, where Texas beat Abilene Christian 20 to 0 and Ronnie Terry throughout the first pitch. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they got beat 20 to 0 and they got run ruled in the seventh inning and Ronnie Terry throughout the first pitch. So, you know, shout out Ronnie Terry. But I'm hearing I'm hearing really good news on the Max Amos front. And actually, I'm going to read what I've heard on Max Abus. And I feel comfortable saying this on the podcast because the same person that said this to me is the same person that told me that AJ Johnson was going to Australia two days before AJ Johnson announced it. So obviously this is somebody that has some really good intel on what's going on in the building at the university of Texas with the uh, men's basketball program. And they told me, FYI, John, Texas is looking really good for Max Amos. That's not what they said, but I'm going to temper it so y'all don't go take this to your bank. It's looking really good, right? I'm just going to say that. That's not what they said, but it's close enough to what they said. It's looking really good for Max Amos to come to the University of Texas. And talk about the perception around Ronnie Terry changing in a heartbeat. If he goes from losing five players in the program and not bringing anybody in thus far to bringing in Max Amos, who is the current active points leader in college basketball is a career 21 point a game scorer has averaged over 20 the last three years. He peaked uh, in 2020 average at 24 points a game on 44% from the field, 39% from three and 88% shooting splits from the free throw line. So this is for his career, 21 points a game on 44% from the field, 39% from three and 88% from the free throw line. He also averaged four assists and four rebounds last year. So somebody that can be really good for you in terms of passing the ball, being your primary playmaker and decision maker. And somebody at his height, who's probably 5'11", six foot on the dot, really can crash the boards, averaging four rebounds last year. And at his best, I think this was the year that he averaged 24 points a game. I also think this is the year that Kevin O'Banner was next to him. They were both guards. And then Kevin O'Banner went to Texas Tech. So it would be kind of ironic if Max Abus came to the University of Texas after <laughs> Kevin went to Texas Tech. But we saw him take Oral Roberts to the Sweet 16. And this is just an experienced college guard. This will be his fifth year in college. Somebody who, you know, like I said, averages 21 points a game for his career, right? Somebody that has proven that he can score at the college level. Probably the second highest rated transfer in the portal behind Hunter Dickinson coming out of Michigan. And somebody that's from Texas, right? And I know that Ronnie Terry is preaching come put on for your home state, right? And come to the University of Texas and be that primary scorer, primary playmaker, and primary decision maker. And I think on top of the really good news, I shared that, you know, my source seems to think that Max Amos to the University of Texas is a done deal. It's a really good sign that he scheduled his Texas visit after Kansas State. You know, a lot of times that last visit gives a lot of credence to where the player will go. But I think another really good sign is, the people that were hosting him on his visit while they were at the dish watching the baseball game. So of course, Rodney Terry was there. Of course, the entire Texas staff was there. Of course, Gavin Perryman and Brock Cunningham, two players that are coming back were there on the visit. Christian Bishop was there, but he no longer has any eligibility. So you can't read into that, but there was another player there that was hosting Max Amos on his visit to the university of Texas. And that player was Dylan DeSue. Dylan DeSue, who has the eligibility to come back and has not announced anything about his future yet. And I'm just going to say, I don't want to read too much into this, but I don't think that Dylan DeSue would be out there 
helping Max Amos or helping recruit Max Amos to the University of Texas if he didn't plan on coming back to the University of Texas next year to play with Max Amos and play for Ronnie Terry and the Texas basketball team. So I'm going to say my source that knew two days before it was announced that A.J. Johnson was headed to Australia is telling me that he feels really, really good about Max Amos coming to the University of Texas. And Dylan DeSue was a big part of recruiting Max Amos to the University of Texas. I wonder why. <laughs> that would be a really good sign if they could get Max Amos and then get Dylan DeSue to commit to returning to the 40 acres. Caden Shedrick was on campus from the 17th to the 19th. Big man, 6'11", from the University of Virginia. And he averaged six points, four rebounds, and one and a half blocks in 17 minutes per game last year. And I know those numbers don't scream, you know, off the page to you, but it's somebody that can be a really big defensive presence for you, right? One and a half blocks in 17 minutes per game. So if he was to play 25, 30 minutes per game, that's somebody that's going to give you two blocks a game. He averaged four rebounds, but in the first round against Furman in the NCAA tournament before Virginia lost, he had 15 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks. So somebody that definitely can be a double-double threat every night. And then somebody that can dominate in terms of the paint, in terms of rim protection. And then he averaged six points a game this year in 17 minutes. But like I said, against Furman, he had 15 points. When you look at some big out-of-conference games, he had 17 points against Baylor. He had 16 points against Houston. You know, those are two teams that were really good and pretty much in the top 25. Houston was pretty much ranked one for half the season. So he's shown the ability to score. He's shown the ability to rebound. And it's probably a situation like Dylan DeSue where he can rebound, but he doesn't do it consistently because we saw – Dylan DeSue all year averaged like four or five rebounds and then became a double-double threat in the NCAA tournament. And we saw the same thing with Caden Shedrick averaging four rebounds all year and then in the NCAA tournament having a 15-point, 13-rebound and four-block performance. And then, like I said, somebody that's going to score at a 65% clip, and even though he averaged six points a game, he's shown in some of the biggest games this year for Virginia, he can go for 15 points, 17 points, or 16 points against some really good schools. And he's pretty much seven foot. So he's going to shoot at a 65 to 70% clip because he's so close to the basket. And I think he gives you a lot of lineup versatility in terms of offense and defense, because if you want to play big, you can play Caden Shedrick at the five. You can play Dylan DeSue at the four if he comes back. Right. And then, you know, maybe Brock Cunningham at the three or with, you know, three guards, however you want to do that. Right. If you want to go small, you can go small with Dylan Dusu at the five because that's how he played last year. He was our center. And then maybe Brock Cunningham at the four, Ryan Holland at the three, and then two guards, right? I should go back to that first lineup. If you want to go big, you could have uh, Dylan DeSue, Caden Shedrick in there, Brock Cunningham, Ron Holland, and then maybe, you know, Max Amos or another guard, right? <laughs> or if you want to go super small, you could go Brock Cunningham at the five, Ron Holland at the four, and then maybe three guards. And that gives you the ability to switch everything, right? So I think Bringing in Caden Shedrick gives you a lot of lineup versatility. He gives you a defensive anchor, somebody that's going to be a really good rim protector for you, somebody that could be a double-double threat, and I think Ronnie Terry would get that more out of him, his intensity on the offensive and defensive glass, and then somebody that can score you know, in, in the double digits for you, 10-plus points at a 65 to 70% clip because he's so close to the basket. So this would be a really good pickup for Texas in addition to Max Amos if they can land him as well. He is considering Texas, Missouri, Xavier, and Duke. I don't think Duke is a real contender for him because Kyle Filipowski just came back to college. And so I don't really see a lineup in which you can play them both at the same time. Xavier had two big men last year. We only had to play against one of them because one uh, – 
was hurt. Fremantle was hurt. I'm not sure if Nunji and Fremantle were coming back. If they are, that would probably rule out Xavier. Not sure where Missouri is looking in terms of what they have in, in big men, but I know that program has some really good momentum right now. So Missouri could be a contender. Really, all these schools could be a contender, right? And until Texas locks it in, you know, we're one of four. Right. But I think the University of Texas is sitting really good in his recruitment. I think the fact that he made Texas his first visit, you know, points to a good sign. And I think if Max Amos can come out and commit or at least if they're in conversation, I think that would help bring Caden Shedrick to the 40 acres as well. So, like I said, recruiting is about perception and the perception has not been great thus far in terms of Ronnie Terry losing five players and not bringing anything in via the transfer portal. But if he was to bring in Caden Shedrick and Max Amos, and Dylan DeSue commits to coming back, <laughs> I think we're going to be cooking in terms of this Texas men's basketball program. And then we talk about the Texas baseball team really quickly. They are now 27-12 and 12 on the season. They beat Abilene Christian 20-0. to 0. The funniest thing I saw on Twitter was that this was the Shaka Smart revenge game, right? This was for Shaka Smart, who we know won the Big 12 tournament and then lost to Abilene Christian, and that was the last game he coached at the University of Texas in the NCAA tournament. But what I loved about this 20 to 20 to zero win is when you won 20 to zero. And I think that's hard to do in baseball for sure. You run ruled them in seven innings. Right. So you got out of there in seven. You got two innings of rest for your bullpen. Five out of 12 hits in that game were for extra bases. You scored 20, 20 runs on 12 hits and only five of them were extra base hits. So you had seven singles in there. I think they scored one on a wild pitch, one on a pass ball. And then either one or two runs on bases loaded walks, right? But the rest of that were 12 hits, five extra base hits. You drew 11 walks, right? Really good plate appearances. And then you had seven innings, right, from your pitcher, seven innings of two hit, zero run ball with 6K. So just a dominant performance all around, right? And I thought it was really good coming out of that Baylor series where you won the series. You outscored them 27 to 25. It was closer than they should have been. Baylor is 12 and 22, and you gave up 11 runs in the – ninth inning in the first two games right and still came out with the series win but i thought that was one of those series wins where you looked at it and should have been disappointed it was good to bounce back and beat abilene christian 20 to 0 on wednesday now and now you face off on wednesday night and now you face off against uh the university of oklahoma possibly brennan thompson's next (laughs) destination in the red river rivalry this weekend and i think you need to at least take two out of three right continue to you know, just build series wins, right? I'm not going to say go out there and sweep them. You know, Oklahoma is tough in Big 12 Conference play to sweep anybody. But if you can get two out of three, continue to, you know, stack up series wins, I think you'll do really good as we come to the close of the regular season here in a few weeks. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Brendan Thompson, don't do it. Reconsider, read some litter. And Max Amos and Katie Shedrick, we need you on the 40 Acres and the Texas baseball team. We need you to take care of business against Oklahoma for the 40 Acres. Hook them and peace. <laughs>